Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kim, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about the metaverse and what you're excited about. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about your summer holiday learning plans, or winter for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere. I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I worked in is GymKit. GymKit is a classroom game show platform where students compete by answering questions on their electronic devices. Instead of earning points, students earn virtual currency, which they can invest during the game to boost their score. Games can be played live or can be assigned as independent work. Students connect via game codes or through a classroom account and can play in a web browser or any internet-connected device. They can compete against each other or collaborate in teams or as a whole class. When teachers launch the game, they choose from a variety of play modes and set in-game parameters. In Kit Collab mode, students help build the game by submitting questions before play begins. Teachers can view and download detailed student reports after every game. GymKit can be used in any classroom to introduce or review concepts. It's like a mashup of Kahoot and Quizlet but with some unique features that neither have. The live gameplay is fast-paced and engaging, but when it's assigned for independent practice, GymKit functions more like flashcards. Getting started is easy and worthwhile exploring. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, gymkit.com. Last week, we talked about the metaverse. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about some summer or winter holiday ideas for you to stay active and engaged while getting some time out. June and July, for most of us, brings a chance to take a break, relax, and re-energize. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere or in an international school in most parts of the world, you're heading into the end of the school year and a well-deserved summer holiday break. For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you're entering a well-deserved winter mid-year break, Either way, it's time to think about recharging, re-energizing, and looking after yourself. As a teacher, it's important to think about your break and plan for what you want to do and achieve. As most of you know, when we finally stop or slow down, we often get sick. So it's important to transition into your break the right way. Here are my top five things to do over the upcoming break that you can prepare and plan for. Number one, start a morning ritual. School mornings are often stressful and busy, but holiday mornings don't have to be quite as hectic. Start a new, slow morning routine that allows for calm, some reflection, and one that doesn't involve packing up, organizing kids' bags, tidying up Lego, and spilling hot coffee on your shirt. Keep yourself busy, but take time to relax. The important piece is to not go from crazy busy, stressed and hectic, to nothing. That's when your body will get sick with such a shock change. 
Think about developing a smooth transition to relaxing. Number two, read, read, read. As an educator, our brains are always active, so keep yourself actively engaged in learning. Read anything and everything, and it doesn't always have to be learning or school-related. Dive into those books you haven't had the chance to get to yet. And if reading isn't your thing, jump on the audiobook train. I've just started, and it's a game-changer. Number three, schedule planning time and stick to it. It's true. You do have to plan for next year or next term. Those amazing experiences don't plan themselves. But there's no need to lose all of your holiday days to planning. Set aside scheduled time throughout the holiday break for schoolwork, which helps maintain the work-life holiday balance and saves you from that dreaded preschool scramble. Stick to your schedule of work time, use a checklist, take a deep breath and get things done. Then get back to living your best holiday life. Number four, challenge yourself to grow as an educator. Many teachers attend professional development training during breaks, but it's not always what you want and when you want it. Think about what you'd like to work on for next year and find at least one learning experience that meets those needs. Utilize eduspark.world to access almost 100 courses at your fingertips to take you to the next level and do all of the learning you want from wherever you want to be, whether it's synchronous or asynchronous learning from global leaders that will inspire you. Better yet, I've got an offer for you. If you email me on craig at eduspark.world, I will give you two free months of access to everything in EduSpark with no obligations or strings attached, just because I want you to access the best and learn with the best. Send this offer to any teacher, anyone else that you're connected to as well, and I'll action the two months immediately. You definitely deserve a break, but like the kids, some learning and growth over the holidays is important. And number five, take time for your hobbies or passions. As teachers, we get so used to accomplishing everything we have to do that we forget what we love to do. Make time for your hobbies, even if you literally schedule them in. Knit that scarf, learn to play the guitar, take up yoga, shoot some hoops, hang out with your friends or family. Whatever your interest is, indulge in it. As we get closer and closer to the break, plan for it and get excited about it. And for two months access of EduSpark on me, email me now, craig at eduspark.world. I'd love to hear from you and learn more about your holiday plans. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Trisha Friedman. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Trisha Friedman, who is a longtime connection and inspiration of mine. Trisha is the creator of AllyEd.org and creative content director with Shifting Schools and is based in Canada. She's an experienced educator, workshop host, and leader who presents at conferences globally and inspires thousands online. Her inspirational positive attitude and powerful messages inspire educators and more importantly, inspires change. Trisha, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Always. Thank you for that really kind introduction. Um, I'm just sort of humbled to be here and to be a part of the wonderful podcast that you've put together. So thank you again for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure, Trisha. Let's go. 
Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Sure. So um, after almost two decades of working with schools, I've stepped out of working just with one school. And now I'm very fortunate in that um, I get to consult with a range of schools from all around the world with a range of different topics. As you mentioned, Ally Ed is looking at LGBTQ plus inclusion. And so I work with students directly. I work with school leaders. Sometimes I work with the parent caretaker audience. And of course, I get to work with educators. Um, I also have partnered with Jeff Utech, uh, his company, Shifting Schools. And again, we we consult with a range of, of different folks involved in education. And we're constantly also trying to share as many free resources uh, as we can. So we're always taking requests. So um, for anybody who's listening, who's been to our, our site, if there's a resource there that you, you'd love us to expand. And on, um, we really do try to give back to the educator community as much as we can. Yeah, that's incredible. I love the work you do. I love the work that Jeff does. You know, it's such a cool combination and you know connection of two incredible people doing amazing things. So I love following your work, and I know that the listeners are going to love to do that too. And we'll make sure that everything you talk about in the podcast are in the notes as well. Now, Tricia, you have a wealth of experience all over the world and you've worked in more than eight countries. Tell us about that expat lifestyle as an educator and what advice you'd give to any of our listeners who are considering that journey? Yeah, it's a great question. I I feel incredibly privileged um, to have been able to have worked in a variety of places. It's really interesting when you are working outside of your your host country. In a way, your colleagues and your your peers and the school community, I think you're sort of intensely bonded to it in a way that you might not necessarily be if you're working in your host country. You know, th- those folks really very very quickly become your community. And so the piece of advice that I would give to listeners is we're very fortunate now where so many educators are so generous with their time, you know, and using social media, you can really reach out to a variety of folks and find out, hey, what was your experience at that school? You know, what what sort of things did you love and what sort of things were, were difficult for you to deal with? But I would always say, take that advice, take whatever you hear about a school with a grain of salt, because I've found that international schools, the, the school culture can change really quickly um, because the other component that's different is you've got a lot of folks moving around um, that you might not necessarily have, or at least that was my experience, you know, working with a school in in my home country. Uh, a lot of those colleagues had been there and they were going to be there for their full career. I would say reach out, get advice, ask for stories. And then remember though that when you're working in a school environment where the leadership might be changing every five years or your entire department or your entire grade level might be different within a decade, you know, school culture can can shift. And sometimes that's a great thing, but it's also a reminder that if you're going into a school and it has an outstanding reputation, school culture, I find it's always in flux. Um, that's maybe something to be thinking about. Yeah, I think very well said, Tricia, you know, living internationally myself, everything you talked about really well aligns with my thoughts about everything as well. And I think that a lot of listeners think about giving international education a go. It's it's a pretty amazing experience. It's something quite different to anything else that 
you probably have experienced before and you know, I couldn't endorse it anymore. So well said. And I think if you're interested in learning more, myself or Trisha or many other international educators are always open to having that conversation as well. Now, Trisha, you're the creator of Ally Ed. Tell us a little bit more about this and the work that you do. Sure. So um, alliedorg has a lot of resources. Uh, these are resources that I've been working on over time, looking school-wide, looking across the curriculum. Uh, and they're all meant to be sort of entry points to help start a conversation about education, about having a learning organization that really believes in committing to being anti-homophobic, anti-queerphobic, and reckoning with the reality that for too long, schools have been silent around those issues. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really passionate about media literacy and digital literacy. So there's quite a few resources there that look at it from that stance, because I, I when I'm working with school leaders, sometimes they'll tell me, oh, well, Trisha, you know, we worked on that for a week or we had this one PL session. So we're good. You know, I, I remind them we never approach any other sort of transformational change as a tick box. You know, inquiry in, in education, inquiry-based learning, that's been a conversation that I've seen schools have since I started my career and we're still having it. And rightfully so, right? We, you know, if we're if we're going to be uh, have an inquiry based system, there's always more learning to do. The same is true if we're talking about LGBTQ plus inclusion. Uh, so the resources that are there, I hope they are there to help sustain a dialogue. Um, and and that's you know the the sidecar piece, if you will. My my podcast called Be a Better Ally also hopes to do that. Hopes to just keep pushing that conversation, keep pushing the needle, if you will, um, so that that we are not necessarily seeing this. And I'm mentioning this because, you know, Craig, you and I are talking just a few weeks from Pride Month, um, and I know some schools will be thinking about it. And I really want us to step away from thinking about inclusion as a one-off event uh, or as something that is just part of the calendar, uh, and instead to really be thinking about it as woven through everything that we do. I totally agree. And the sentiments that you're talking about there, we've talked about this before. And, you know, it's something that is becoming more and more important, particularly in international schools that I work with. I know that the work that you do in this space is not always easy, but it's incredibly inspiring and empowering. Keep it up, keep up the amazing work. And uh, I know that there'll be many people listening here today wanting to know about how they can support this in their schools or in their communities. And we'll make sure that all of those links are in the podcast notes to support that as well. Trisha, in your career, what's your next big goal? You've already done so much, but what do you want to do or achieve that you haven't yet been able to do? Oh, that's really generous of you to frame it that way for me. You know, in my Answer is sort of two parts. The the first, um, I'm thinking maybe this will resonate with listeners. The pandemic has really forced me to really rethink priorities. And so when I think about goals in my career, to be honest with you, I am at that point where I realize I want to be enjoying what I'm doing in the moment. And what I mean by that is, you know, not always chasing the next thing or not always thinking, you know, what might success be and realize that I do love working in education um, and really finding joy in that and finding joy in the partnerships and the people with which I am very fortunate to work alongside of. You know, that's, that's really had me thinking a lot about what has some 
really transformational partnerships, what have those been for me in my career? And and realizing that's what I want more of um, is really partnering with people where yes, we are definitely again. There's there's change, or we we feel proud of what we're doing, but also we're enjoying the work while it's happening. You know, I, I think back to Melanie Wilson is an incredible, incredible teacher. She's still at UWCSEA, United World College of Southeast Asia in Singapore, and I was so lucky to work with her. Uh, she's just fantastic. And when we were working there together, uh, she is the global politics, the head of that department. We talked a lot about podcasts. We're both really big geeks um, with podcasting. And she had a number of students who they wanted to start their own podcast. And so we kind of took that on as an activity. We are both big believers in student agency. So yes, we did some upskilling, we did some workshopping, and then we really just got out of the way of the students. Um, And they created a podcast that's called The Ears of East. Uh, It's it's a really powerful student podcast. I still follow it, of course. I still love listening to what they're up to. And you know that my work intersects with advocacy work. And I would love to do more with student podcasting. It's sort of an untapped potential. Um, so when I, you know, when I think about the ways in which student workshops are integrated into a conference like Learning 2, I kind of have like a little bit of this fantasy of what a like a student podcast conference, uh, like or a student podcasting global event, what that might be. So if anybody's listening and they're also really passionate about student podcasting. I just think it's got so much potential. I think we want our students to have the microphone. I think many of them are having those nuanced conversations around diversity and equity issues. It's just such a perfect pair with the podcast format. So I I just would love to do more with that. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're interested in connecting with Tricia, we'll share her contact details too. Uh, and let's make it happen, Tricia. We'll make sure we find some people and we can action this. I love seeing these ideas come to fruition. Let's jump into some quick fire questions now. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite edtech book or resource? So, you know, this wouldn't necessarily be easily categorized as an edtech book. Um, It's Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. And I say it's not necessarily just an edtech book, but it's very much about change management. It's very much about leadership. It's very much about collaboration and community. And for me, the essence of edtech is collaboration and community. And I would say her book, you know, any professional learning that I'm a part of, it's really been foundational in in the way that I approach that. Resource-wise, there are so many great tech podcasts that are out there. Um, And Manoush Zamarodi has had a few. Unfortunately, she's now just doing TED Radio Hour. So she's pivoted away from some of her other tech-based or or edtech-based podcasts. So my my most recent favorite is a podcast that's called How to Citizen. Season three really asks us to be thinking about our relationship with technology. It's a great, great program. Highly endorse both of those resources. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. What's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? If you have not yet tried the extension called Moat, that's M-O-T-E, I'm obsessed with it. I talk about it all the time. Essentially, it's a little add-on that lets you leave uh, voice memos right there on the document or embedded 
into a set of Google Slides. I find whenever I'm giving feedback or whenever a, you know there's sort of a planning doc, if you will, it's just really nice to leave comment as voice sometimes. Um, you know, I've been guilty. I know other people have been guilty of maybe seeing a text-based comment and misreading the tone. And so much of my work right now, you know, is remote. So much of my collaboration is done in that way. So moat kind of brings back in that nice little human touch. Um, and it's just nice to hear your peer or learner, somebody that you're working with, laugh or sigh or even be exasperated. Um, I, I just kind of, I really, really love what Moat can do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Tricia. It's one of my favorite tools as well. And we've talked about it before on this podcast. And it's something that I think if you're not using it, it's a must. You know, it's something that just changes the way that feedback exists in so many different ways to support so many different elements in our classrooms and in our schools. So it's a great call out. What's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career, Tricia? So another shout out to another book. Um, it's it's called Burnout, and it's written by the Nagowski sisters. And they talk about doing something uh, that's referred to as completing the stress cycle. So, you know, every day, you know, there's some sort of stress that comes into your life. And essentially, we need to find a way to process that. And they've got a whole different range of strategies. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of think everybody needs to have their own thing that lets them complete and just empty the stress from the day. And the thing that really works for me is what I call my nothing walk. Um, and I call it my nothing walk because I'm doing nothing but walking. Again, I love podcasts. I love audiobooks. But this is a walk where I do not have earbuds in. I don't have my phone on me. I'm just enjoying the walk. Um, I'm noticing nature. I am hearing the sounds around me. I'm not thinking, I'm not planning. Um, I'm just sort of enjoying the walk for the sake of a walk. And it's been something that I've been doing now, um, I'd say maybe for two two years. I, I love it. I look forward to it. it. It matters to me. It doesn't matter like what the weather is. I have to do it. And it really, really helps me kind of just like the stress seeps out. Maybe it's not all out, um, but I would say it's a really important just venting tool for me. It's a really cool concept, Trisha. I love walking. I love getting out in nature and I'd love to look at doing as well. So thanks for calling that out. Now, Trisha, you've shared so much insightful information today. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? I am not too ashamed to say that I, aside from my nothing walk, I probably every single day I'm also on Twitter. Um, aside from the weekends, I do try to take the occasional break. So over there on, on Twitter, I do leave my um, my direct messages open. So even if we're not connected, you can you can send me a message. Um, I am I am there too much, but uh, you know, again, as as you and I were saying at the start, um, our educational network is amazing. It's great to be a part of it. And and I do really, really love connecting with with other educators. It's part of what makes my work so meaningful um, are the folks that I get to do this this learning with. So that's a great space to connect with me. And again, I'd, I'd love to keep chatting about anything that we've talked about here in this episode. Absolutely, Tricia. Thank you so much for your time today. Inspirational as always. Thank you. Um, again, love your podcast. So I just, I, I feel a little starstruck to have been invited to just be a, a small part of it. So thanks again, Craig. <laughs> thanks, Tricia. Next week, join me for episode 95 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined 
by EduSpark co-founder Andrew Mowat. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.